Well, one thing that's been so much fun about Bang I Can is that it's a very open forum. So the idea is to present music that's adventurous and experimental, but that is very open about what that means. We thought there was music that should be played and uh, people that should be heard and ideas that should be followed and ways to listen to music that didn't really exist yet. And we just thought, well, look, you know, should we do something about this? Knowing what's happening with the young composers is easy because we're in touch with young musicians, we have students, and what we've tried to do here is balance that by representing a bunch of young composers on, on the marathon, but also a bunch of old composers. If you look at the early marathon schedules, Reich was there, Glenn Branca was there, but Milton Babbitt and Elliot Carter were also being programmed. It was more just about putting everybody in the same room and serving beer. <laughs> And, you know, basically just having an atmosphere where you were allowed to listen with open ears. We've been listening to a little bit of Die Stadt by Dutch composer Louis Andriessen, a piece that was a huge influence on the founding members of the Bang on a Can organization in New York City. And we heard from four of the members of Bang on a Can talking about their aesthetic and about the organization. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted, and I just returned from New York recently where I was at the 25th anniversary of the Bang on a Can Marathon. And what a fantastic spectacle it was. It happens in the Winter Garden at the World Financial Center, uh, which is a gigantic open room. In fact, a room so large that there are birds flying around in it pretty much throughout the event. The festival went from noon until midnight. So it was 12 solid hours of music and uh, ranged from Steve Reich's music for six pianos, and yes, they had all six of the pianos there, to music with film, to, to Maya Beiser doing experimental music on the cello, to just all, all kinds of wonderful things. I was there for the full 12 hours. I, I had my press pass, which is great, so I was in the front row, um, just wide-eyed, taking it all in. And I wanted to bring back highlights of it for you, our listeners, in a special three-part series featuring the Bang on a Can Marathon. Well, as you heard in the intro, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to all four of the principal members of Bang on a Can. And so now here is Evan Zaporin talking about the genesis of Bang on a Can. Well, what happened was in the early 1980s, uh, there were several composers, myself and, and the three artistic directors of Bang on a Can, who had just gotten out of university. And we, were, we had an idea about our music that had something to do with, you know, the music that we were listening to, which was not just... Stravinsky and Bartok, Boulez, although it certainly included those guys, but, you know, Frank Zappa, Weather Report, um, Steve Reich, uh, Balinese Gamelan, uh, anything we could get our hands on. And we'd all been living these double lives where we were studying in our classrooms and, and rehearsal rooms by day and then by night yeah. playing in garage bands of one sort or another. And we were trying to find a way to do music that where we didn't have to choose, where we could bring everything that we loved and everything that influenced us and everything we were trying to do to the table. That may seem like an obvious thing for, for a musician to want to do, but for whatever reason at that time, there wasn't really a venue for that. There were stylistic wars that were very oddly intense and very oddly intractable. And uh, musicians were, feeling a lot of pressure to choose. You were either uptown or you were downtown. You know, you either wore black tux and you played really thorny serial music, or you wore a black t-shirt and you, you know, played really wild free improvisation. And if you wanted to do something that was in between or something that drew from pop music or drew from world music, there just was no real place to do that. So 
we decided to make our own place. Clarinetist and composer Evan Zaporin talking about the first Bang on a Can marathon and uh, the aesthetic behind it. Right away, the first marathon was a, a happening, got an awful lot of press. It was attended by notable composers like John Cage and Steve Reich. And uh, it is very true that uh, they, they put a lot of different aesthetics right alongside each other on this concert. Uh, for example, they put Milton Babbitt next to Steve Reich. And uh, if you don't know, that it's about as different <laughs> as you can get um, aesthetically. Let me demonstrate. Here's an excerpt of Vision and Prayer by Milton Babbitt for a soprano and pre-recorded tape. And then we'll hear an excerpt of Four Organs by Steve Reich, two pieces that were performed on the first Bang on a Can Marathon in 1987.
one thing that's been so much fun about Banging a Can is that it's a very open forum. So the idea is to present music that's adventurous and experimental, but that is very open about what that means. So we don't fit neatly into any kind of niche. Composer Julia Wolf talking about the Bang on a Can aesthetic. And immediately prior to that, we heard performances of two pieces that were featured on the very first Bang on a Can marathon. We heard Milton Babbitt's Vision and Prayer for soprano and electronic tape performed by Bethany Beardsley Soprano. And we heard Four Organs by Steve Reich in a really wonderful performance by Steve Reich himself, Philip Glass, Steve Chambers, and Arthur Murphy on organs, and John Gibson on the maracas. Well, as I said, I was fortunate enough to talk to all four of the Bang on a Can founders. Um, So in addition to Julia, I spoke with David Lang, and I was curious how Bang on a Can got its unique name. The name was actually uh, arrived at in a circuitous way, which was that uh, before Bang on a Can, the year before, I had done a concert of my music at the Cooper Hewitt Museum here in town, and I had invited some of the early Bang and a Can composers, people who we started working with, um, onto that concert with me, uh, onto my concert. And so um, they were going to print a one-sentence description in the Cooper Hewitt brochure and asked us what that sentence should be. So I thought it should say, many happy experiences with some composers of the future. But Julie said, some composers sit around and bang on a can. And we all thought that was really funny. And of course, the Cooper Hewitt didn't print that line. But... Um, But when we started this festival a year later, we remembered, you know, Julie, you said that really funny thing last year. You know, let's build this festival around that. Well, we've heard a lot about the the idea of mashing up different styles. The first uh, marathon features Steve Reich alongside Milton Babbitt, which is uh, very different (laughs) stylistically, about as far as you can go in different directions. But there's also an incredible devotion to composers um, who don't necessarily espouse such a a hardcore musical philosophy, but are instead um, just an individual voice. And I think a a really good example of that is composer Martin Bresnik. And he's also perfect in that he kind of bookends this retrospective of Bang on a Can in that he was featured on the very first marathon in 1987. And he also had a very wonderful piece for cello and piano on the 25th anniversary marathon that just happened in May. Let's have a listen to his string quartet number two, subtitled Bucephalus, which was performed on the very first marathon by the Alexander String Quartet. We're going to listen to the Alexander String Quartet perform movement number three.
String Quartet Number no. 2, subtitled Bucephalus, Movement 3 by composer Martin Bresnik, performed for us by the Alexander String Quartet, one of the pieces that was featured on the very first Bang on a Can marathon back in 1987. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. This is the first in a three-part series on the Bang on a Can marathon. For videos and other information about Bang on a Can, check out our website at relevanttones.com or find us on Facebook. Well, we featured several pieces that were performed on the first Bang on a Can marathon back in 1987, but I want to move up now to the most recent marathon, the 25th anniversary marathon that uh, I was able to go to. And I just had this incredible all-access pass. <laughs> um, was able to, uh, like I said, sit in the, in the front row and, and, and talk to a lot of the people. And there was just this incredible energy there in, in that gigantic room. Uh, there were so many people there, and it was such a mashup of style, such an ambitious undertaking to put all of these things together and to have so many pianos in one room and, and so many guitars and, and so many other things. Just an incredible energy that I wanted to share with our listeners. And as I also said, Martin Bresnik is sort of bookending this um, series on the Bang on a Can Marathon in that he was performed on the very first marathon, and he was also performed on the most recent Here's Martin Bresnik to talk about his piece, Prayers Remain Forever, and also to read the poem that inspired it. At a certain stage of life, existential questions become quite significant. The chatter of daily life recedes a bit in facing the horizon of one's existence, in a way. And uh, given that I'm a very secular person, it's always been interesting to me to note and observe with some sympathy that... Uh, it's in the great religions of the world that actually you find people thinking seriously about these questions. And despite the fact that I'm not a religious person in that way, those are the places that I would turn uh, to read about what people have thought and felt about these very important matters of mortality and passing on to generations to come and uh, ancestors and so forth. Uh, one of the great uh, contemporary Israeli poets, Yehuda Amichai, who died uh, maybe now 10 years ago, as a person I met occasionally, but whose poetry I very much admired. And he has my same, he's very similar to me in the sense of a deep sense of uh, connection to religious traditions without being himself particularly a believing person. He's quite secular. But he confronts, I think, in a very beautiful way, the issues around those matters. And in a beautiful poem of his called Gods Come and Go, prayers remain forever, I found a kind of motto for my, my work, which is called Prayers Remain Forever. It ends, tombstones crumble, words come and go, words are forgotten. The lips that uttered them turn to dust. Languages die like people. Other languages come to life. Gods in the sky change. Gods come and go prayers remain forever. And I think one of the, the poignant aspects of that poem, and something I wanted to get across a little bit, is that the deep human need for meaning and understanding seems to transcend any particular deity or even time. Uh, I think Amichai is onto something when you think about 40,000 years already of human uh, uh, traceable human history where we've drawn on cave walls in Spain and in France and other places. And you see this deep need for us to understand how it is that we ended up on this planet with this sensibility and this mind. And over that 40,000 years, the gods have indeed 
come and gone, as people have believed different things, but that yearning to, to somehow come to grips with our condition, that seems to remain. Analysis into Ashley Bathgate and Lisa Moore perform Prayers Remain Forever by Martin Bresnik.
Thank you.
Cellist Ashley Bathgate and pianist Lisa Moore performing Prayers Remain Forever by composer Martin Bresnik, a piece that was featured on the most recent Bang on a Can marathon. A lot of things have happened since the very first Bang on a Can marathon. Uh, They formed the Bang on a Can All-Stars a few years later to uh, give a traveling version of the marathon to different cities around the world. And they formed the Summer Institute, which has become an incredibly popular destination for composers every summer. Every year in July, composers from around the world descend on Mass Mocha, the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art in North Adams, Massachusetts, for a three-week residency and a truly wonderful opportunity to work with the Bang on a Can All-Stars and develop new music. The Bang on a Can Summer Institute has become incredibly influential. It's a wonderful incubator and I think a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity for composers. I was able to catch up with two composers who have taken part in the Institute, Ruben Naff and David Little. I went there in 2009, so a few years ago, and I was astonished. I'm a composer from Amsterdam, Holland, and the music scene is great in Amsterdam, um, but not as uh, booming as uh, I I experienced at the Summer Festival. Uh, I experienced a genuine love for all kinds of new music, all kinds of old music as well, and uh, musicians were very eager to play uh, newly written pieces. And uh, I also met my wife there, so. Um, Describe for me at the Summer Institute just what what a typical day is like. Well, it's a lot of playing. Uh, It's a little bit different for composers than for uh, musicians. Musicians uh, have to practice and rehearse and play uh, a lot. There are two concerts, an afternoon concert and an evening concert. And composers generally have done most of the work before the festival because they write a piece that will be performed. And at the festival, they will be uh, discussing together with other composers and discussing each other's work. But it's much more laid back. But um, uh, everyone is immersed in, in, uh, in music all day. Pretty much everyone in my band, Newspeak, had gone through the Institute at some point. All of my friends who were composers had gone through and all had had these really powerful experiences um, artistically and just in terms of feeling good about what we do as composers. And so I was at a point where I felt that it was it was a good time for me to have that kind of experience. And so I went last year and it was great. It really helped me stay positive. You know, it can be really tough sometimes to be a classical musician, to be in new music in particular, to be a composer in New York, and there's a big hustle involved. And to be able to go up to the Berkshires and hang out with some of the most positive people in new music every day for a month was really just the perfect thing. And I was able to come back and feel reinvigorated and uh, get back to work. That was Ruben and David talking about their experiences in the Bang on a Can Summer Institute. I'm sure you're as curious as I am to hear their music. Let's have a listen to Bash by Ruben Naff, and then we're going to listen to Sweet Light Crude by David T. Little.
We just heard Sweet Light Crude by David T. Little and Bash by Ruben Knopf, two pieces that were performed on this year's Bang on a Can Marathon by composers who had taken part in the Bang on a Can Summer Institute. This is the first in a three-part series on relevant tones featuring the 25th year anniversary of the Bang on a Can Marathon. And in the two episodes that were um, that are coming up, we're going to look into the music of the four driving forces behind the marathon. And that would be Evan Zipporin and David Lang in the second episode. And the third episode will feature the music of Julia Wolfe and Michael Gordon. When I talked with the composers, they all mentioned Louis Andreessen as a huge influence on their music and on Bang on a Can's aesthetic. So I'd like to return now to the piece that we opened the program with today, which is Louis Andreessen's Die Stadt. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McWhorters at WFMT, with special thanks to Molly Hunt and Connor Mackey. For more information about the program and the artists we featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, Carol Joins, and Abby O'Neill, an anonymous donor and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm your host, Seth Bostead, and thank you very much for listening.